The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello. We're back from our hiatus. I had midterms last week, so. Yeah, and tell the class how your midterms went. They were certainly there. It's just weird because, like, you spend your whole life learning how to take tests one way, and then you think it's the same, and it's not at all. It's the exact opposite. So That's, that's so crazy fun. to me because, also, my friend is in grad school, um, but, like, he's studying medicine, and he's taking these long-ass exams, but he has ADD, so he's taking them time, like, double time. Because in undergrad, it was time and a half, and now it's just double time. And so he's sitting in that room for, like, eight hours. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I have to pee at this time, this time, this time. It's like, whoa, it sounds crazy. I mean, like, during my exam, people were, like, getting up to go pee and to, like, get food. And I was like, uh, are we taking the same exam? Because, like, <laughs> I get didn't. food. Our exam was two questions, and I didn't finish it. So I don't. And people were like, one girl, like, less an hour in. I was like, Vesti, is we taking the same exam? Because there's no. I was still outlining my first question when she got up to leave. And I was like, oh, oh. Okay. That's just crazy. Imagine meeting your friend at Sweet Green and being like, oh, what are you doing today? They're like, well, actually, right now I'm in an exam. <laughs> in an exam. Yeah, how do you even – did you get antsy near the end of it? Like, how do you even stay well, awake for that long? I mean, like, it is what it is. like, your pressure and, like, grades are such a big part of, like, getting jobs and clerkships that, like, you don't really have time to get antsy. It was more so, like, I'm glad I got it done with. I'm just, like, kind of glad I know what to expect for finals because, like, you only get one grade in law school and it's your final, so. Right. Does that – 
really, really stress you out even though finals are a month away? I mean, not really because, like, I have months to prepare. It's more so, like, it doesn't really matter how well you do because there's going to be a curve. So, like, I could do my absolute best and get 100% and end up getting a B-. minus, Or I could do my very best, not end up doing that well, but still get an A. So I'm just going to prepare as I prepare for anything else and the rest is in the Lord's hands. The rest <laughs> Jesus take the wheel. I love me some Carrie Underwood though. I went to her concert when I was like nine or ten. I was the only black person there and I was like, oh, that makes sense. I would love to see you at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Oh, I'm good. I hate Jimmy Buffett music so much. Like Margaritaville's, <laughs> like I know Sarah and our friend Candy made me go there and I was like, this is literally my personal hell. I would really want to leave. <laughs> if you don't know, there's a Margaritaville resort in Times Square and also in other major touristy locations in the U.S. And I forced Eddie to go. And she was so upset. She literally hated me. It's the antithesis of everything in my personality is Margaritaville. It's exactly what you'd expect. Everything is tropical themed. Uh, the hurricanes are stronger than God. And the drinks are like $18 per pop and they're not even bigger than my hand. So it's, like, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's like Midwestern Disney for adults who have never yeah. been to Florida, but imagine Florida to be like euphoria. <laughs> that is so funny. Speaking of Florida, I'm going to Disney World in March. Uh, my mom and I always do like an annual Disney trip. This year we didn't because I went with my ex. But next year we're resuming since my ex and I broke up and we're going to go back and we're so excited and we're going in March. We just booked everything. I'm so excited. Cindy yeah. doesn't like Disney. As long as I don't like it, I just like don't think it's worth the price. Like... I could go my whole life without going to Disney again and be fine. But I think it's also because, like, I grew up, like, an hour from Disney, so I've been quite literally 900 times. Yeah, so you're sick of it. And also, you're so right about the pricing because before, I would say, like, pre-COVID, going to the parks were such a better deal than going on a cruise. But now, because cruises are cruises, but now if you go on a Disney cruise, you're actually saving almost over $1,000 that you would be if you went to Disney World Orlando. It's like... Post-COVID. I just don't really get it because it's kind of like you're paying so much, especially when you're taking like little kids. Like, I've taken my brother a couple times, and it's kind of like he does not even remember this. So why are you dropping a down payment on a house for him <laughs> to ride teacups? I could just spin him in our backyard in the in a bin, and it'd be the same experience. I don't know yeah. what it is about um, Disney that I like love so much. I actually got this question the other day. Someone was like, "Psychoanalyze yourself." why do you like Disney so much? Like, why are you a full-blown Disney adult? And my response was, I think I'm just trying to maintain some of that innocence from childhood. I don't understand why everybody is trying to do that. You have a lot of, like, childlike nostalgia, I feel like. Like, you really like, like, movies for kids. Not in, like, a bad way. Just, like... No, it's a fact, though. I do. She's watched, like, Um, every movie on Disney a hundred times. Yeah. I, like, reference something from My Little Pony. I haven't seen My Little Pony since I was, like, eight, by the way. But I referenced something from My Little Pony to Sydney, and Sydney got so scared. She was like, please tell me <laughs> you're not watching that right now. I don't know. I, I like the opposite effect. Like, I don't want to remember my childhood, so I just rather, like, not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll I'll watch, like, a Disney movie every now and then with my little brother. Like, that's the extent of that. What's your favorite Disney movie? Mulan 2. Oh, the now, like, beauty. Anyone who says the anything different, I just don't trust. And the choreography is good, even though it's animated. The music's yeah. good. The storyline is banging. Um, Spoiler, Shane, I've never sobbed uh, as hard as I did when Wulong let go of Shane. I know. She's like, Shane. Um, Biking. Like, I remember my ex was, like, obsessed with Pocahontas to the point where, like, he knew every word to every <laughs> song and could, like, recite the script. And I was like, 
as someone in an interracial relationship, I feel like this is a red flag that I should have noticed <laughs> way in the beginning. I thought it was cute. I was like, oh, like Pocahontas. No. Oh, God. Disney has this weird thing where, like, they take, like, the most horrific stories possible and try to make it like, a cute movie. Like, Cinderella, that ended so badly. And so did Sleep. No one ta- likes to talk about Sleeping Beauty, Sydney and I have White. before on this podcast. But yeah. Cinderella, I don't think we've ever talked about. In the original story, the birds, like, gauge out the sister, the stepsister's eyeballs, makes them eat them or something like that. It's something so horrific. I'm like, why did, what, what about this story? Disney was like, yes. I just think it's the worst movie possible. They're like, <laughs> I think that was the first time I was ever gaslighted. Because there's no way, like, that just, okay, either A, I was gaslighted, or B, like, men really just are like that. Because there's no way, like, in, like, the modern renditions, like, She's wearing, like, a mask or, like, she dyes her hair or something. Like, no. He literally saw her face and was like, I don't remember at all, but I like your feet. I think that's weird. Like, I don't understand. Like, I can, if I'm having that much of, like, an intimate moment with someone, I'm gonna remember their face. But, like, he doesn't even, like, he went to every single girl in that town to try on them shoes. And I'm like, you don't remember that she's blonde. Like, that could narrow down your town by so much, but you're that, like, dense that you didn't realize that. He don't like her that much, number one. Number two, I feel like if you <laughs> say you're, your favorite princess is Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty, I don't trust you, because them girls are so boring. Like, Ariel got a little more flair to her. She's like, take my voice for this man. Kind of weird, but I kind of respect it. Like, Jasmine, <laughs> she had it like that. Mulan, she really had it like that. Moana cool girl tiana they all have the arcs queen. i they feel all like the original like, princesses are so static this got some going to them like half of them are asleep for the whole movie snow white is doing god knows what with them boys in that den uh, it's weird i don't like it mm. the boys <laughs> in the den don't like it oh my god you see that tiktok of the little boy who was drowsy was it drowsy the little boy i showed you i sent you a tiktok yesterday his little glasses Sleepy? on yeah, his little glasses on. His One of the costume. seven dwarves? Yes, it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh, we have to talk about Halloween. I have to, you know, we have to tell everyone what we did and stuff. Oh. But, um, and what we were. <laughs> oh, what a weekend. But uh, No, so I was going to say my little cousin, so my mom's nephew, was Black Panther. And my mom was Jessie from Toy Story. And it was the cutest picture I've ever, ever seen. And my uncle was Mr. Potato Head, but not even, like, he didn't paint his face or anything, like, he didn't wear the costume. He bought an inflatable potato head and just sat in it. I was like, okay. Uh, my dad has been my dad for 22 years, and this was the first year I've ever seen him in a costume. I don't even know what he was. He was, like, Billy Mansfield from Star Wars. I don't think my dad's ever seen Star Wars. I was, I was uncomfortable. I was like, why is he in a costume? But... He was that. My stepmom was Leia or something. I don't know. They went to a costume Oh, Princess party. Leia? Yeah. And then I don't like her character arc either. Weird. And my little brother was Megatron for like the 15th year in a row. He's like obsessed with Transformers. <laughs> that is so cute. I was Patrick Bateman from American Psycho Friday night. And then, which Cindy and I went out together Friday. That's a fun story. And then Saturday, I was, uh, oh, Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Period. That was really, really fun. And Camden, who we talk about often on the podcast, was my opposite. So he was Jack Skellington. So we did kind of a... Oh, yeah. I ooh, I made the mistake of buying my costumes from Dolls Kill, number one. Because, yeah. And then number two, and I... And late, too. You got it pretty late. No, I got them, like, two weeks ahead of time. I just got you them... You did not. No, I did. And I got them for really? pickup. 
I got them for pickup. Oh. I just didn't go pick them up until Halloween day. Okay. So they were in there for, they were at the store for literally a week. And I was like, oh, like if it's pickup, I can just go, you know, pick it up. No. I had the like, when I walked across the corner from Dolls Kill, the store in New York, the line was like down the avenue. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. But I was like, ha, huh, joke's on them because I ordered mine online. And they're probably trying to go into the store. <laughs> no, that was a line for pickups. The lines just to go into the store was like four people. I was like, oh, the joke was played on me. And then <laughs> I try on the costumes at home. And I'm like, oh, I would actually be arrested for public indecency if I wore these in public. So, naturally, I wore one of them. Um, I was Cher from Clueless. And then the second day, I was... Oh, wait, no. I went out three times. What was I the first day? Weren't you a cop? No. Ooh, I would never be a cop. Well, you had a badge. Oh, yeah. I said, like, it said, like, special spy on it. It was for... Oh. Oh, yeah. The bouncer was like, are you a cop? I was like, "Er, no. (laughs) Um, I was a spy the first day. Oh, yeah. Cher from Clueless. And then the third day, I was supposed to do a group costume, um, from Austin Powers, like my friend Chris was Austin Powers, my friend Molly was a fembot, and I was supposed to be Foxy Cleopatra. However, I couldn't find an afro or a gold skirt, um, so I was just, you know, men in black. I was men in black. No, I would just walk around. People were like, oh my god, are you X? And I'm like, yeah. So like, I was men in black. I was a special spy. I was a Chippendales person. I was. Um, the guy from uh, the girl from matrix so it was really up to your own interpretation and i think that's how you should always do it yeah absolutely i I was surprised about how many people guessed what i was on friday because i had the clear raincoat the walkman the axe and the the red tie and i should have uh had a business card or like what should i should have carried around one of mine because i have them but i totally forgot to bring it out and everyone got it the bartender gave me a free shot like people were like oh my god you know, American Psycho, American Psycho. I was really surprised because I thought I had to explain it to a lot of people, but I didn't. It's weird because I saw a lot of Patrick Bateman, so they were all girls. And that is exactly how it should be. Because if a guy dressed up as Patrick Bateman, I would go running the other way. Because in the movie, he, like, kills women. So only women can dress up as Patrick Bateman. That's only what's allowed. I, like, don't like Halloween. Yeah. What? Why? <laughs> why? Everyone, it just, I don't know. One, it feels like a kid's holiday. Like, it's cute when you're a kid. You can, like, oh, no, like, I want to be a princess. Like, I want to be Hannah Montana. Like, whatever. But, like, as an adult, it's just, like, so much stress for what? Like, you're just going to go to a bar with a bunch of people who don't even know what they are. And everyone's, like, stressing about it. You have to buy. And if you're, like, living in New York, it's not like you go to, like, a party or, like, to someone's house. Like, you have to pay to go to a club you would go to anyway, but pay triple the amount to have to stay there because you paid. You know? So, I don't know. Like, it's fun to hang out with friends and stuff and, like, it's a spooky time or whatever. But, like, it could also just not. On Friday, it was really fun because I go all out for Halloween with decorations. Uh, this year, I decided to go a little bit easy because I, you know, this is our first Halloween, like, as adults. And so I really didn't have time to go all out and decorate the entire apartment. But I did around she decorated the, court- the entire apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but not as much it's, as I usually it's November, do. It's November 4th and they're still up. I know. It's four days. I have work. But you have to admit that I did not decorate this year as much as I usually do. Yeah. I don't know. That too. I'm not a decoration person. I think it's my mom was when I was a kid and I was like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. Christmas, she got like 80 black Santas out and I'm like, too much. But my whole point is that Friday was fun because we didn't have to buy tickets to go really anywhere and we just pre-gamed in our living room because it's a little more spacious than it was in our apartment in Gramercy. And yeah, it was decorated, so it seemed like a little Halloween impromptu party, which was nice. Yeah, it was very random because like we had given my one of my friends the task 
of figuring out what we're doing for Halloween. But, like, letting men plan things is always interesting. Because I feel like all of my guy friends are, like, plan at 10 p.m. after heading out the door. <laughs> but, like, my girlfriends are, like, let's know two weeks in advance. So we let the guys take the reign on this. Given it was a very fun weekend, but everything was, like, very in the moment, which is kind of nice because, like, like, usually the planning comes down to me because I've, like, in my law school friends, I've been in New York the longest. So it was nice to not have to do anything and just be along for the ride. And it was a pretty fun weekend. It was very spontaneous. Yeah, we had a great time. We played Stack Up, which I did not know how to play. Um, we went to, because we ended up, yeah, we ended up going to a few house parties and then we bar hopped in the East Village. That was really, really fun. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We, last week, was a part one to this part two, so this is now part two, we were talking about what in our past and like what early moments defined some mistakes we made later on in life or some like pivotal moments, you know, like what like incidents that happened later on to so like in high school or college. And yeah, we talked about like our childhood, our family dynamic, our friends when we were younger. Sorry, the traffic's so bad right now. This is going to be a part two to that. So like how would we distinguish the first episode from the second episode? I guess we're going to have to see. 
Wait and see. <laughs> um, it's a surprise. Yeah. Which means we don't know yet. <laughs> we usually gonna... don't. We just be going in. Like, we don't, we used to plan for episodes, but I feel like it's just better if it's more spontaneous because it just is more honest. It seemed scripted, but also we had to do that, I feel like, because there were more people on the podcast. So we would just go in, like, all these rants and so off topic, it would just be a mess. So, but it's still, though, it seemed scripted. And then when we got down to two people, we tried to plan it, and then it just didn't seem, because Cindy and I flow so naturally already that we just said, fuck it. That's another thing that's so about relationships is, like, you feel like you have a plan for stuff, and then things don't go to plan, and then they really don't go to plan, and <laughs> it doesn't go to plan. <laughs> like, if I, like, look back, like, when I was a kid, I assumed that, like, I was going to be, like, find my husband. Because, like, I'm from Florida, so everyone gets married when they're, like, 13. So I <laughs> figured that, like, they call it ring by spring, that, like, by your spring semester of your senior year of college, you're engaged. And so, like, I had envisioned that similar thing for me in high school because all my friends were. So, like, I – so when I met, like, my ex, like, at the beginning of freshman year, I was like, ugh, not me following plan. We dated for four years. I was like, ooh, not me following plan. We broke up, like, in the spring. So it was, like, not a ring by spring. It was, like, dump by spring. And I was, like – it felt weird. So I felt like my whole life track had been put off because, like, for me, I wanted to be, like – engaged or in a serious relationship during law school because once you start like a law job you're working like 90 hour weeks so like dating is not a thing like you don't have enough work-life balance to date so I also I was, feel like people you would date would be like in the office or your co-workers which we did a yeah, whole episode I would on that <laughs> rather not do that at all yeah there's something worse than your co-worker I think it's so messy watch mm-hmm. me end up dating my co-worker anyway mm-hmm. um you will <laughs> I think I really do not want to. That seems, like, awful to me. I'm so – a person likes to have – like, even dates when at school feels weird to me. Um, and it always has because I, like, like to have my life separate. But um, – so, yeah, I felt like I was always, like, running against this time clock. So, like, having to restart now has been weird. And it's also weird because, like, after my ex, I feel like I just wanted a long time of healing. And it's been, like, what, five or six months? And I just, like, don't – I'm, like, not interested in being with anyone at this point. Like – I feel like disturbing piece that you've taken so long to create just doesn't seem it. And, like, I've thought about letting myself get to that place, but I don't know. I just feel like I've gotten to a point where, like, I'd rather be alone and peaceful than with someone potentially disturb that piece. Because it's going to take a lot for me to, like, get out of that headspace. But I think that's one thing is, like, changing expectations about relationships. Because I feel like we're all pressured, especially as women, to, like, be with your first love and, like, end up marrying them and be married by the time you're 22 and all this stuff so then just having a different trajectory for relationships and like kids and things like that even like having to have that on my mind now is so weird yeah and the media we consume too um and not just as kids as full-blown adults i mean think about sex in the city right carrie and big they dated at the beginning first big love and then there was aiden burger the Russian guy, and then Big came back into the picture, even though he was awful for her, right? So, like, who did she end up with her first love? So, completely agree with you. And Sex in the City is targeted towards, like, 30, 40-year-old women. Um, and then you said something about, like, just starting to date someone and how it disturbs your peace, or, like, dating can disturb... Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, even the potential of, like, disturbing peace, because, like, I know, like, I'm at the space now where, like, I am getting feelings for someone, like, after this long time of, like, being by myself Mm -hmm. and like the consistent thought of like my peace being disturbed or like getting hurt again and things like that make me want to crawl into a hole so it's just weird balance of like do I want to take that risk or do I like want to keep to myself and just stay 
peaceful because I know that's what it's going to be like if I do. I would just call it an investment all around. And not even investment in money because, like, that's whatever you're, like, you're going to spend money either way. But I feel like it's a time investment, like you said. It's an emotional investment, which I feel like is a lot hard to get a return on because once you put feelings into someone or give someone the power to, you know, like, make you happy, to make you upset, to make you sad, like, you lose a little bit of yourself and that's so hard to, like, combat. So I feel like it just is such a big investment. So it's a lot of time of figuring out, like, is this going to be worth it or not, you know? Because, like, all of calls just like, oh, like, very casual fling because we're still young and all this stuff. But, like, we're at that age, like, that excuse isn't really going to work anymore. So now yeah. it's kind of, like, do I really want to invest time and energy to this person? Exactly. With me, it's like, can I find someone who's going to make me not really stress or think about all of that, if that makes sense? That's my thing. And it's like... Age-old question. I did finally let myself, like, consider that. And then I was like, oh, that was a mistake. So it's like a constant, like battle of trying to figure out like what's best for you and if it's hard when like all of your friends are like on a different wavelength or time length you know too because I feel like even like the law school like a lot of my friends are like in like long-term relationships or like they're married and I'm like oh (laughs) yeah it's especially weird just coming out of college too because you want to focus so much on your career and your independence I mean can that person Make you not think about, like, make you not stress about all of that, if that makes sense. Like, is it all going to be worth it? Am I even, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I shouldn't really have to stress if it's right. Um, not, like, right in the sense where it's, like, oh, the one, but right in the sense where it's right for me at this time. That's another thing is, like, I feel like the one doesn't exist. Like, Absolutely. I'm, I've like, always Like, in the trajectory of life, you meet so many people who, like, you mesh well with or that you connect well with. And I really just don't believe there's, like, one person on this earth for everyone. Because I feel like life is so serendipitous that, you know, the who the one is could change at any moment. Because you change as a person. So I think that's another thing that, like, I wish I didn't believe so much in it when I was a little kid. Because I feel like every person I dated, I was like, oh, they have to be the one. Or they're going to teach me, like, a grand lesson about myself. And, like, sometimes it just is what it is. It is a bad relationship. And you move on from it, you know. I feel like we fight so hard to, like, hold on to some idea of romanticized soulmates. Yeah, I was just about to bring up the concept of soulmates really bugs me. And for a very specific reason. Because once you start calling someone your soulmate, or promising forever, or, you know, once you start really, really jumping over that hurdle, um, especially for someone like me, because I have commitment issues. I've always had commitment issues, especially after my freshman year relationship, which was extremely toxic. Major trust issues, right? So... I've always been that kind of person to not really get that vulnerable and deep with someone. Um, and in my last relationship, I did think that they were a soulmate of sorts. I've never actually believed in, oh my God, there's one person out there for you. Or there are soulmates like assigned for every single person, a God's plan kind of situation. But it was just more of like a like a promise. Like you're my soulmate and like we're going to be together forever. But what I've learned is that that can oftentimes be considered a crutch You know, like, once you get that such strong affirmation from somebody, certain types of people can take that as, okay, I can stop trying. I can stop being completely active in the relationship. I can take a back seat because we're soulmates and I don't have to work as hard. Yeah, so they become complacent. Yeah, once you give someone too much of yourself, especially if it's not right at the time, it could be taken the wrong way. So it might... could seem sweet and innocent to someone like me to say that, but to someone else, they could take that meaning all right, I'm kind of done, you know? <laughs> and so not done in the relationship, but done trying. And it's, like, weird because, like, I feel like I'm a hyper-independent person. Like, I don't, like, relying on anyone for anything. Mm. Um, and it's hard because, like, 
you would think that would make me not want to be in a relationship because like I would be scared of committing to people but it's kind of the opposite where like I am so easy to trust people that like I'm just like dive head in because like I don't really need I don't want a guy to pamper me I don't want a guy to buy me stuff like that's not what I'm in a relationship for so I can buy I can give myself those things so it's like the things I expect are like on a I don't know different level and I feel like it's hard to communicate that with people but I'll say the same thing about friendships too because I feel like especially in like movies etc we think that like everyone's supposed to be like a lifelong friend and I really do believe talk about this in episodes before that like some people come into your life for a very specific reason and their season is a very specific amount of time whether it's a couple years a couple months to teach you a lesson or teach something about yourself and then it's okay to like let go of that person and I feel like as we transition like away from college it's weird to like see people growing apart and like some things obviously yes you should put effort in to like try and salvage like get people moving away and things like that but I feel like it's hard to let go of the idea that like not everyone's meant to be like a lifelong friend you know I that was a really hard lesson for me too because I've talked about on the podcast before how into friendship I am and how like much weight I put on friendship uh, because of the fact that I never had a lifelong friend I didn't even have that choice I didn't have that like opportunity to have a lifelong friend ever um, because of how much I moved when I was younger so you know I got to high school and college and then all this like weight and responsibility I felt was mentally thrown onto whoever I was friends with at the time um, so and I talked to Sydney about this I cried to her about it before when we've had to say goodbye to friends or when I've had to say goodbye to friends you know I've always told Sydney like what did I do wrong? What is it about me? And what Cindy always told me that really made me feel better, well, one is give yourself grace because it's not always about you. It's not always personal. And two, like, it's not just about their moving on. It's you're moving on too. So, like, focus on that. Focus on how, like, independent you can be and what you can take away from the situation and focus on how great your life is and the new people in it because it's not about numbers. It's about quality of friendship. And, yeah, that's one of the most important lessons I've learned um, coming out of college and also like in the middle yeah and I feel like as we grow older especially like college post-grad experiences that like you're growing and changing so much as you're on your own for the first time and it's like as you're growing doesn't mean that your friends are growing necessarily in the same way because mm-hmm. it's very natural people to no longer like align on certain things that they thought they would align on like that's really what a friendship's based on so I feel like keeping that in mind it's a lot easier to digest the fact that sometimes like people don't really fit into what you need at the moment or what they need at the moment and that's people like naturally drift apart and especially because this is so relevant especially if you live in a city and especially post-grad like living with people if you don't want to live with your college roommates anymore or if you have this is good advice for post-grad but I think I'm referencing my experience earlier on in my college years because I lived with um a lot I lived with like three people and some of those people just were really really close like we were best friends but living together ruined the friendship so I would say like especially post-grad I've known so many people to move in together with friends with really good friends and it worked out so badly not and it's not even personal it's just like you are not compatible to be roommates friends and roommates are completely different things and I feel like I shouldn't have to explain this but it's really important for people to kind of take in and hear so I'm gonna say it anyway as a friend like just a friend not a roommate you have the opportunity to get some space grab dinner actively have time to hang out you know what I mean but as roommates 
you know, you have to handle everything together, everything, apartment, home life, uh, appliances, pets, uh, like end your friendship on top of that and get a little claustrophobic. And also you could just not be compatible to spend that much time together, one, or also to hash it out in a like respectful, non-passive aggressive way. So that definitely happened to me. And I know that happened to like most of my friends at one point or another. Um, again, this is Sydney and I's first year post-grad. So we don't really have that experience yet because I... One thing I've learned over college is that Cindy is probably the most, the person who I am most compatible with as a roommate. (laughs) I have learned that the hard way, unfortunately. But now that we've lived together, my peace has been certainly maintained. But I think that's just the kind of friends like Cindy and I are. But just like, it's luck of the draw, if that makes sense. Cindy and I have been able to live together for the past three years because we handle conflict resolution with anything in the apartment very respectfully, very directly. Like if there's an issue, we fucking say it. And if not, then we move on and we're happy. Um, also we know each other so well at this point to know like when the other person needs space, like when they're doing things that don't involve, like, you know what I mean? We are not very sensitive people. And also I think we're extremely compatible living wise. Um, like we have similar cleanliness styles. We handle things very similarly with like appliances and like fixing things that are wrong. I just think that's so important. My experience post-college has been awesome, but I know a lot of other people who's have been like nightmares. Yeah, so I have, like, law school friends who are, like, with random roommates right now. And it's, like, one thing to have that in college. But, like, being, like, fully grown. If, like, you're so set in your ways as, like, how you live with people. That, like, having to readjust with a random person. But, like, when you're very advanced on an age. Such a large age difference. It can be so awkward. So I can't imagine having to do that right now. Yeah, I have a friend. I'm not going to tell their story because they definitely don't want me to, but I got dinner with a friend a few days ago and they were saying how crazy their roommate experience was. They had to like terminate their lease early, move out because everything was so crazy. Um, we did that once. Eh, together though, <laughs> not to get away from each other. <laughs> no, we got a new lease together and paid two rents. <laughs> Isn't that so weird that like in all like the movies when we were younger, like Battle of the Dance is like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the culmination of everyone's lives in movies. Oh, my God. Okay. I have a funny story that's not about me. (laughs) So, when we went out, the most important thing about Hello Weekend is that when we went out on Saturday, Sydney left her phone in an Uber. And, literally, it took the driver almost a week to give it back. He made Sydney pay money. (laughs) And... He was, like, holding it hostage, like, would not respond. And then Cindy finally called him. He, like, screamed on the phone at her. And she called from my phone because she didn't have a phone. So I was sitting there. She did not even have the phone on speaker. And I could hear every word he was saying. That's how loud he was talking. I really thought you weren't going to get it back. He told me I was disturbing his peace. I was like, I will disturb it some more. Give me my phone. Also, Cindy and I need our phones for work. Yeah. So it was so awkward. I'm like, I'm not the one to mess with. Trust me. I will keep calling to give you my stuff back. He's like, I was at home. <laughs> So I was trying to be at home. She won't give me my phone. Um, and he tried to, like, lecture me when I, when I came to got it. So I literally threw the money through the window, grabbed my phone, and walked away. <laughs> I was like, don't even try me. Lecture you. are you. not my father. <laughs> so, yeah. No, and he was asking her to come all the way to his house. Yeah, he was like, and she was like, no. He was like, come to my house to get it. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> That's a huge security issue. There's no way. And it's also like, per Uber's policy, I'm supposed to pay him $15. I gave him 50 or 40 actually. It's like 10 bucks. He was making me mad. Um, it was a week without my phone. I was walking around typing on my iPad like a little kid. 
Like, I'll literally be in my bed at night with the sheets over my head on my iPad texting. And I was like, am I actually eight years old? (laughs) So that was, that was. Yeah. And then our other roommate lost her phone too in an Uber. And that Uber driver was really bad at responding too. That, that one took like two to three days, two days to get her phone back. But Cindy's took almost Almost a week. week. Isn't that absurd? And I need, and like, I need my phones to like log into stuff at school. I need it for both of my jobs outside of school. So like, it was just a lot. I had to explain to someone what I did for work the other day. And it was so interesting because I was like, I don't even know. Because I do my own social media, which already sounds pretentious. Because I hate saying I'm an influencer, so I say I'm a content creator. But actually, a lot of people don't know what that means. So I have to be like, I'm on TikTok. I have a personal account. And then they always think I'm kidding. They're like, oh my god, what do you have? Like, whatever. 5,000 followers and I'm like okay no now you've hurt my ego so now I have to like show you my profile go through the whole thing and then by the time that's done I still haven't talked about the podcast uh, which sometimes I don't because I don't want certain people listening to yeah. what I say on the podcast. So sometimes I don't even mention that, which is also a huge other source of my income. And then I'm also a social media manager. Like I have clients, you know, so I manage my own social media and my client social media, which is always hard to explain. Because when I say it like that, it sounds like one job. And then people are like, oh, social media, like she's making 20K a year. Don't hurt my ego like that. Don't hurt it like that because I will be very upfront Mm, (laughs) about my, like, yearly salary. And then we'll get into this whole thing and it just... Because also social media, very Gen Z of me. It's very, like... I always feel like 12 when I say that, but it is, like, a very reliable career and it's it's real. Like, I'm making money from it and money... Like, I'm financially independent completely. Like, I pay all my utilities and everything. So explain that to people who I meet for the first time, especially, like guys it's very very funny to like see the looks on their faces especially when they're older they just think i'm kidding no it's like when i tell them and i go to law school that's cute and i'm like okay thanks yeah 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 because they see that because they don't know especially if they didn't go to law school like they see that as like oh she's still in school yeah it's like that's ambitious of you and i was like oh that's brave of you or or in my case they'll like launch into how um because I acknowledge social media is going to take a turn soon. Cindy and I did a whole episode on that. We're not stupid. Like, I'm not living in a cloud. I know that, like, TikTok isn't going to be around forever. Luckily, I have plan Bs and Cs that also provide me just as much as income, if not more. But, like, y- you know, people always feel like they can lecture me. Like, people who I just meet feel like they can lecture me on, like, well, you know, TikTok is for 12-year-olds. And also, it's not going to – it's going to – be deleted trump's gonna delete it oh my god you know what i mean like they think it's it's very patronizing and condescending that's like why i'm so like eh, about dating right now because it's like not gonna date a finance bro we'll never do that and it's like i don't have the time and energy to date someone outside of law school because like i don't leave the law school so like i don't have time (laughs) to go downtown and like talk about my favorite color and talk about my favorite pet and like my favorite movie i don't have time to do that and it's also, like, do I want to date someone at the law school? Because we will spend, like, every waking moment together. But at the same time, like, they do understand, like, what I'm going through because they're going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, this weird, like, uh, I don't know. It's also, like, our gear is so small that it's, like, you know everyone and, like, I don't know. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. 
Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I have a good question for you, which is, I feel like, very relevant to the topic. Have you ever dated someone who's, like... Because on, on the podcast, we've talked about husband lists, mm-hmm. which isn't as, like, housewifey as it sounds. It's just, like, qualities that your future partner has to have. It's not, like, blonde hair, blue eyes, evening shadow. It's, like, you know, abs. It's, it's like, um, like, generous, morally whatever, like, intelligent, stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? Stuff that actually matters. Um, you know, good to waitstaff, stuff like that. Um, have you ever dated someone who strayed so far from your husband list that you look back on the relationship and you were like, literally, what was I thinking? Every man I've dated. Well, no, because I feel like with one of your very important exes, I feel like they fit a lot of stuff on paper that was on your husband list. Like, if I was wearing, like, rose-colored glasses that had six lenses, <laughs> and then I, like, dissociated fully from the relationship, like, maybe... They were also, like, abusive, so, like, no. No, no. <laughs> I think I'm also talking about dating, like, loosely. So, have you ever seen someone who's the opposite Ooh. of your husband list? Like, talk to... That's what I mean. Sorry, I should have clarified. It's so weird, because I feel like the guys who I feel like I would have had the best relationship with are the ones I don't date. And I'm like, why do I do that? And then I really wonder why <laughs> do I do that. And I never come to a concrete answer. But, like, I think that... What I really... Because, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, like I said before, I really like my peace. I don't care about being alone necessarily. And it takes a lot for me to, like, really, really get feelings for someone. Um, which is why I haven't that many times. But um, my whole thing is, like, connection. So I feel like connection's a big thing for me. And, like, if I can find someone that, like... so I don't trust very easily, necessarily. So, like, if I find someone that I can trust very easily or sometimes have, like, 
really good conversation with or I just like understand on like a different level very quickly like that's what's going to make me want to be in a relationship with them and then like through that I'll like see if they match up to like what I do want in a partner whether that's like honesty like vulnerability trust communication someone I can laugh with someone I can like talk to for hours like those are things that are important to me that I want in a relationship and that's kind of hard to see those things like right out the bat so like what I base initial conversations and interactions on is a connection and if I find those other things then that makes me want to like proceed with them but I feel like lately a high like maybe one person I've had like that kind of connection with but like I deleted all my dating apps because like I just they just seem like they're a waste of time to me honestly and it's like I don't want to invest my time in people who aren't gonna like give me those things or that I feel like aren't like the quality of man I'm looking for and like that sounds bad to say that I just feel like I'm no, don't want to waste my time on people that are interested in like one thing you know and that's like a physical thing like I rather invest time in someone that I can see something ha- having something long term with so that's the quality I'm discussing like someone who's respectful someone who is sees me as something that's valuable someone who's not scared of like my own ambition or like that I am independent um etc but what about you that's really good um I would say like my husband list changed a lot from before I started dating at all versus now um so I don't want to like single out the ex that I just had because this all like the changes that I've had aren't all attributed to him I really was looking for like a hyper masculine man before um but that kind of leaked into controlling overprotective um in a certain like dangerous territory so now it's more like I'm really, really stressing that whole equal partner situation. So, like, I'm not looking for someone to pay for my dinners. I'm not looking for someone to take me out every single day and, like, buy me Fendi bags. Like, that's very much not my priority. It'd be nice, but yeah. <laughs> it's not, definitely not on my husband list. Sophomore, um, sophomore Sarah's shaking from that seat. Oh, my God. She hates me. This bitch hates me right now. She's like, she said, huh? you're, giving, <laughs> you're giving up. Yeah, she's like, oh. And I think another thing was that I didn't consider – similar interests a priority because I was like oh we could always work through that like they don't have to like musicals they don't have to like Disney they don't have to like going out they don't have to like fashion etc or shopping now I I think I recognize from my past relationships that there is such a thing as too different and I am really looking for someone who either has my similar interests or at least cares about them baseline bottom floor the bar is so low it's in hell but the, it's it's true just because of like my experience with exes before so I love to laugh right so being funny has always been like on tier C of my husband list so not really that important but huge plus icing on the cake cherry on top of the sundae now it's tier A top five I like you have to make me laugh in some capacity because I've had too many serious relationships. And I don't mean serious in the term where it's like we're going to get married serious. I mean serious like boring. <laughs> like, yeah. Too many. And I, I'm i over it. I really, I need to have fun. I feel you. A huge thing. I like one thing also that like I always thought that I would be like but never was but now am. That was a really tough yeah. <laughs> Complex um, run-on strings. Literally, that was a lot of commas. But always felt like I was going to be the person that, like, would say my, speak my mind and, like, tell a man off if I ever needed to. But then, like, once I actually got in a situation and, like, whether it was I got cheated on or, like, we were in a fight, like, I fucking like never spoke my mind because I was always scared of, like, potentially losing that person. But I feel like I completely changed that now in the sense that, like, 
even if I'm not dating the person, but like I feel shitty about something, I'm gonna tell you what I think, just because I feel like time is so short, life is so short. Why keep quiet when you can tell someone? Off? And you're good at it too. Simon <laughs> so tells them employ that. Simon, yeah. <laughs> Simon tells someone off. It's like I just feel like it's a value thing. It's a respect thing that like I should be able to convey how I feel about something without being scared of how they're gonna see me. After, I feel like you know? you're secretly talking about standing up for yourself. Yes, yeah. that's what you call it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a word for that. Yeah, it's called having self-respect. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm, I'm really learning. trying to work through because I will be, I will say this, because I'm not trying to dox my ex, um, but I will say that breaking up with him has brought up a lot of baggage and inner feelings and a lot of hurt from all of my relationships combined. You know what I mean? It's very much that dialogue of what's wrong with me. I'm never going to find love. I'm going to be single forever. I'm not worth it. No one wants me, etc. Um, so working through that. I've been going through also. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, exactly. That's what makes talking to Sydney about this so fucking easy. But working through that is so interesting because I thought I would never have to revisit the, like these topics after my like abusive relationship. And now they're all here again. And I don't know, because I would say it's not necessarily my ex's, my most recent ex's fault, but it's, and I don't know why this is coming up. It's giving me hives. Like I'm, every single time I present it with an opportunity to be vulnerable after my last breakup, I break out in hives and it's a physical reaction. I get red all over the place. So if you're listening and you have any advice for me, I'd be happy to hear it because I also want Cindy's right now. But it's just crazy how this is not only manifesting emotionally, but I'm physically having a reaction, which I've learned is not just about my last breakup, but that breakup brought up all these other emotions that I think dating that guy shoved down. And now they're just all out in the open again. I think there's two reasons for that. One, just a reminder that healing isn't linear. Mm -hmm. It's like, we might feel like we've gotten past something, but... You know, it's called trauma for a reason. It kind of just can't be, like, suppressed. It's more about learning how to deal with those emotions when they do come up than pushing the event down itself. So I think that that's the work we should focus on rather than, like, feeling like we've moved past something. And then second, I feel like it's so easy that when you get into a new relationship to use it kind of, like, as a Band-Aid for... (laughs) Sorry. What? This guy I went on a date with a few months ago who started dating another content creator at the same time as me who looks exactly like me who's very like big on tiktok and it's so funny because we're mutuals and she posted like a live talking about like this guy she's going out with like she mentioned his career so i um messaged her and i was like oh my god girl like this is like such a long shot but is his name blank she's like oh my god yes i was like "Ooh, girl he got a type because i'm also going out with him um I stopped talking to him, but he did give me a ride referral, so that was nice. And there you go. <laughs> Worth it. No, honestly, yeah. I did my la- I did I did my emotional labor. Um I put in the time. I however what were we talking about? You were oh yeah giving me two reasons You're why commitment. those things were coming up. Yeah. Yes, that was the first reason. Second reason was I feel like we use relationships sometimes as a band aid for past feelings. It's like because of, like the, like, the way I grew up, that we talked about in the first episode, that, like, I always attended PWIs. You don't know what that means. Like, it's basically predominantly white schools. It's, like, I'm from the South. I'm from Jacksonville. I was, like, one of two black girls in my grade at any given time. And it's, like, I understood very consciously from a very, very, very young age that, like, I am not the standard of beauty. And that a lot of guys um, don't see me as, like, a type 
that they would want to attract. Um, and so, like, that gave me a lot of, like, self-esteem issues growing up. And it's something that can be necessarily pushed down. So it's, like, whenever I would get into a relationship, I would kind of use that as, like, oh, I am attractive, you know? Like, the things that people said to me in my past or, like, the way that I thought my past wasn't valid, et cetera, et cetera. But then once I'd break up with them, all of that stuff would come back up. I think because I was using it as a band-aid instead of, like, addressing the issues that I had, like, self-esteem-wise or, like, dealing with trauma, dealing with, like, abuse, stuff like that. And so I felt like I just kept pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down, and using, like, getting someone new or, like, being physical with someone new as a way to kind of heal those things for me. But it wasn't healing. It was putting a band-aid over it, you know? Um, and I feel like that's another reason why I'm, like, so like purposeful about being single right now and I've been single for what five or six months and like I enjoy it because I'm using this time to like address those things and like doing it at my own pace rather than trying to like rely on someone else to do that work for me you know and like something that you can do consciously Ooh, girl, it's the trauma that's just oh. like my biggest fear as well because all too many times I feel like I've been attached to not really the person but the idea of what a relationship could be or what it was in my mind or what it was even at the beginning but we lost that. So I think I'm wondering, and if you know, feel free to DM us because I'm really like struggling with that, how to not make that same mistake and like someone for the person and not like the fantasy that I have in my head or even, or even what they were at the beginning, if that changes. That's like one thing, that's the kind of reason why I deleted dating apps because it was like, I don't want to just date someone so they're physically attractive and then like fantasize what they could be as a person and then date that idea. It's like I rather like someone naturally. Like I meet them, I become close to them, and I see it being something more. Like that's kind of like what I'm debating now. Um, like that's what I want, just so like I know the person before I get into like whatever. But I think also like I was in a four-year relationship, kind of ish, whatever, um, whatever you could call that. And I feel like <laughs> I did that for three and a half years of the relationship. Was like dating what I wanted the person to be to me. And I just realized now, looking back, like, how much time I wasted, how much. And I honestly, like, want to give my old self a hug and be like, sorry, girl. So I let you go through it for what, you know? Because it's, like, even, like, looking back on it, I would should have just asked myself, like, if things really did work out and I stayed with this person, got married to this person, whatever, that's, I'm not dating the idea of them anymore. I'm dating them. And if I look at, like, the raw truth of what's happening, am I okay with the way they treat me? Like, am I going to be with someone who doesn't put an effort who makes me feel, like, unlovable, makes me feel unattractive, who gaslights me. Like, I might love the idea of being with a relationship and having someone to cuddle with and, like, hang out with and spend time with and be vulnerable with. I want that, but would I risk my own feelings, my own um, sanity, my own peace to get those things when I could just, like, you know, do healing on my own and find someone who will give me those things and make me happy? So I feel like if I just, like, sat back and really thought about the person I was with and how they treated me and asking myself, like, do I want to put up with this for another 30, 40, 50 years? Nah. So <laughs> I think if I had just had that conversation with myself and, like, been in a mental place or a place in my life where, like, I could understand the reality of things, that would have ended up – it would have ended off so much better. But, like, I don't regret anything. If anything, I feel like I'm glad that I went through it just because I realize that now and I know like what I want out of a relationship. I know what I'm willing to give, what I want to get in return. I'm not going to settle for anything less than that, you know? Yeah, it's also risk versus reward, especially in my experience. It's like, do I stay and be in my comfort zone but also experience all these things that I don't like? Or should I go and go way out of my comfort zone, have to ask someone what their fucking favorite color is, but also give myself the better opportunity that I know I deserve? 
But it's, it's also like a maybe. Right. Like, will I ever find that? You know, because who knows? You might never. But you also, you will. But, you, you know, that's what I was thinking when I was going through it. It's like, oh, I'm never going to find anyone else. Like, this is just it for me. It was all very, like, finalized in my brain in most of my relationships. So um, when I'm yanked out of that, it just sends me in a spiral. Not immediately asking my mentor for a wire referral as well. <laughs> <laughs> She needs to know. She she needs to know what she wants the best for me. You know. Ooh. Yes. I have like ten referrals at this point. They better let me on this little app. That's the only dating app I will get. It's twenty dollars a month. I bet her fine me. Uh, Chris. Oh, I ever saw Chris Evans on the app. Ooh. Yeah, I love him. I love me some him. Why is he single? That kind of. Scares I feel me. like you're gonna meet him at a party and then, like, I feel like no. I think no this I would is what you're gonna myself. do. No, this is what you're gonna do. This is what's gonna happen. Okay. You're going to go to a really fancy party because law gives you so many opportunities, right? So you're going to go to this really fancy mm-hmm. party, A-list, a lot of celebrities there. Okay, here's what's going to happen. He's going to be at the bar. You are going to see him. Wait until he leaves the bar. Knock into him a little bit and then be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, Who do you know here? Like, what, like what's, like, who, my name's Sydney. What's your name? And he's going to be like a little taken aback. Like, she doesn't know my name. He's going to be like, I'm Chris. And you're going to be like, oh, like, that's so cool. You know, like, you look really familiar. I mean, ha- like, do you go to Columbia? Like, whatever. Because that would be realistic. It, it being Captain America. No, because that would be realistic because a lot of people who go to Columbia are, like, a little bit older. So he'd be like, no, you know, I'm actually an actor. Be like, oh, my God, you know what? I see you in anything. He's like, I'm Captain America. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, that is so funny. That's a cute little movie. You're going to act <laughs> like you have no idea who he is. He's going to be like, oh, my God, she's so different. See, you say I would, like, not, like, casual with him. I would launch myself from across the room, knock his drink out of his hand, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Were you standing there? <laughs> but my, no, my dream is definitely him or Tony Goldwyn from Scandal. Mm. I love me some President Fitz. I've been called Olivia Pope by, like, 12 people, and I'm like, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, all right, you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. That was part two. That is the end part. We are done with the series. We will be back with you next Thursday. We will get an episode up next Thursday because we're not being very good on time. Follow us on social media at Crying in Public Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And also listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. But specifically, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart. Goodbye. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. 
Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.